Metaxas Show with your host, Eric Metaxas. Hey there, folks. Remember I warned you that John Zmirik would be my guest? Well, yes. Yes, it was a threat. It was a warning. And here he is, our friend John Zmirik. John, Happy New Year. You too, Eric. This is what happens when people don't buy enough MyPillow products using the code ERIC. They get punished. That, I was going to say, that's exactly correct. If you don't go to MyPillow.com or MyStore.com and use the code ERIC, we don't have enough budget. We can't get the big name guests. And I got to call up my buddy, John Zmirak. So shame so on you, ladies and gentlemen, right. for not going yeah, to MyPillow.com, MyStore.com and using the code ERIC. Shame on you. Now you're going to suffer. Now you're going to pay. All right, John Zmirak, <laughs> look. You, uh, you wrote an article. I'm a little embarrassed by this. You wrote an article called The Top Five Freedom Fighters of 2021. And I said to my audience, we're going to reveal who they are uh, in this hour. And actually, I think it ends up being an important conversation, a very important conversation. But before we launch into that, is there anything that you would like to say before we get on to that topic? No, let's start with that, and then I want to build up to to um, you know I've got kind of a kind of a scoop for people. You've got a, a scoop, journalistic, a journalistic scoop that the mainstream media is not talking about. You know they're censoring it; they're keeping the evidence quiet, and I will reveal that. But you're going to have to wait a little bit for that revelation. Is it, it is it that that this was a fraudulent election? We'll get we'll get to that. All right, so. <laughs> You called, you called me up the other day to let me know, this was like fair warning, uh, you, you said uh, that you've written an article called The Top Five Freedom Fighters of 2021, and through some typo at the last minute, I was included on that list. So we're going to put that aside, and we're going to talk about the other four people. Um, but what, why did you write an article like this? Because it's all too tempting to do a roundup of all the awful events of the last 12 months. And, uh, you know, we all have our, our list of grievances. And I love that Senator Rand Paul has adopted the festivus airing of grievances. And he, he, what he does is he talks about wastes of, wastes of federal taxpayer money. And, um, and I was tempted to, to just air my grievances about 20 21. Um, I was equally tempted to make apocalyptic predictions for 2022, which, like my last year's predictions, would not fail to capture how bad the, the year actually would be. Each year I make dire, terrible predictions, and each year the year, each year the actual events beat me into the ground. Like, you know, no, there was no way you could have imagined things would suck this hard. It's sucking the paint off people's cars. That's how bad it is. Uh, so I, I thought, you know, both of those could be seen technically as, as a downer. So why not focus on something positive? Like Far five- be it from you to be a downer. John, look, <laughs> you, you, I like where you're going with this. I, I hadn't thought of this, but you're, y- you seem uh, made – to, to do like, you know, the, the, the worst predictions of, of the year ahead because it's funny, it's sardonic, and it's often, uh, unfortunately, horribly true. But I like this idea because, frankly, when things are as bad as they are, I think it is important, and you've obviously seen this by writing the article, it, is, it becomes all the more important to find 
good things and to talk about good things and to inspire people to do these things and not just to wallow and whine because frankly that's how we got where we are people acted as though these things are happening to me there's nothing i can do and once you buy into that lie you're you're doomed because that's the the, the heart of a democracy of, of of a free nation is the people all have to act and be free and be participants rather than uh victims and observers so that's you basically know, what you've eric, done in this article eric i just saw something on gab uh which is a great social media platform. Also, Getter is a great social media platform. I was up, I was on Gab, and I saw this video of Amish men, you know, the, the, with the beards and the hats and the 17th century clothes. Uh, Amish men moving a barn, and what they do is the entire town gets in under the barn, and each guy grabs it and they hoist it and they walk together about half a mile with a barn on their backs and then they put it down that's how they move buildings every member of the community has to shoulder the burden and has to walk and i thought this is a brilliant visual metaphor of civilization and of citizenship if five percent of the people inside that barn won't won't shoulder the burden won't walk or try walking in a different direction the whole thing is going to fall apart and fall down on top of them. You only have a certain percentage of freeloaders who are not contributing or radicals, revolutionaries who are going against it before the whole thing starts to fall apart. And, and none of us is free to just shrug off the burden. So when I saw that moving Amish barn, I thought, yeah, this is how civilization works. And far too many of us or walking in the wrong direction, or lifting our feet off the ground, or, or just refusing to shoulder the burden. Now, by the way, John, this is a good time to announce uh, that two days from now, on January 6th, to memorialize the insurrection where a lot of senators had their brains blown out. A tragic day in America. Uh, Pelosi's head was found 400 yards uh, from her desk. Really <laughs> nasty stuff that the white uh, Christian nationalists unleashed on America. <laughs> So we have decided to mark the 6th of January. Uh, what we're going to do is that, that you and me, we're commandeering, um, you know, a, a bunch of friends, citizens to go to the Capitol and we are going to move the Capitol down to Florida. And I just want to say that it was inspired by the Amish moving the barn. I thought if they could move a barn made of, of wood, my goodness – how many Americans love America and love Ron DeSantis? And we're going we're gonna to pick up the Capitol. We're going to do this. I hope the FBI and the Capitol Police are ready because we're coming down with our MAGA hats. We're going to pick up the Capitol and we're going to move that sucker um, to some part of Florida, probably northern Florida because it's very heavy and we don't want to have to carry it all the way down to Miami. But we're going to move it to Florida and, and I just think it's a beautiful thing, John, that we've been inspired by, the, by this beautiful act, by the Amish. We've been inspired to do that. And, and I, I just want to say, folks, if you want to join us in January 6th, bring warm clothing, um, but we're going to move the Capitol. And we're going to move the Pentagon with our minds. We're going to raise it up with our minds, with the power of our minds. Okay, John, you were inspired. I, I got to stop joking. You were inspired 
to write a positive article, and I really mean it. I want to underscore this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. We need to be positive. We need to be active. The idea that we are victims, that the government's doing this, there's nothing we can do, you have already become part of the problem if that's your attitude. So if you, if you have that attitude, you need to repent and change. And John, tell us about the article. Who are the five freedom fighters? Sure. The, the first one was Steve Bannon. And um, Steve Bannon has become, by default, uh, he sort of inherited the mantle of the grassroots leader of the conservative movement. I, I don't know if you remember the weird feeling election night 2020 when Fox News suddenly turned into MSNBC, when suddenly they were predicting swing states, which were still at 0.01% difference, where Trump was ahead and they were calling them for Biden. Look, I will never forget it. Most people remember. I want to ask you a question before, you know, a lot of this stuff, I think, I don't want to assume anything. I, I want to assume that people don't know exactly what we mean. There was a moment where we're all watching the election, and as you just said, there was a swing state. I believe it was Arizona, and I forget the name of uh, of the guy, but he sort Brett of dec- Byer? was it? Brett no, it Byer? wasn't Brett Bear. No, it was not Brett Bear. It was it was somebody. Uh, it was one of their commentators. His name will will come to me. But I always thought of these people as good guys, you know, kind of uh, on the on the same page as we are, roughly speaking. So it was startling to have this person like rather. Uh, dramatically leap to say we're declaring Arizona for Biden. And we, most people thought, what? Wait a minute. That's, it seems premature. Why do you think he did that? Because I, I, rather than skip across the top of these things, I want to ask you, yeah. do you think there was a memo? Do you think yeah. there was – what do you think happened? Because when you watch something like that, you're thinking it's just happening. But are you suggesting – that Fox News had was in on the fix. I don't know what yes. you're suggesting. Yes, yes, I am. I am stating that Paul Ryan, as the chairman of the board of Fox News, who took over just a few months before the election, uh, likely influenced, along with Rupert Murdoch's sons, both of whom hated Trump. Um, and remember, Rupert Murdoch was never terribly fond of Trump either. So there was always a reluctant acceptance, toleration of what Republicans You know, I met, I met Rupert Murdoch once and I sucker punched him. They have it on video. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> if I ever get out of here, thought of giving it all away to a registered charity. Folks, I'm talking to John Zmirak. He's written an article at Stream.org called The Top Five Freedom Fighters of 2021. You're going to find out who all five are. But the first one is Steve Bannon. And John and I were talking about what happened uh, at the 2020 election when when Fox News seems to have made a decision. Keep going because I'm not sure I'm following this. All right. They couldn't have stolen the election if Fox News wasn't in on it. Just going to say it that that plainly. All these crazy, where they stopped the vote count in the middle 
of the election night because and where Trump was ahead in the all these swing states, they stopped the counting and then they start counting again hours later. And all of a sudden, Biden's ahead. If Fox News had been questioning this, if, if Fox News had said this looks mighty suspicious, if Fox News had called Arizona for Trump or left it open, if there had been any mainstream media dissent, any any big media dissent, the steal couldn't have happened. So I'm convinced that Fox News at its highest levels was in on this. Okay, when you say at its highest levels, though, John, I know for a fact that uh, Jeanine Pirro and Sean Hannity, they're friends with Donald Trump going back many years. They're not the highest levels. They're not the highest levels. They're the faces on TV. And Jeanine Pirro almost lost her show. Well, she Lou Dobbs to... lost his show. That's right. Janine Pirro and almost lost her show. Jonah Goldberg. Jonah Goldberg tried to make Tucker Carlson lose his show. When Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson, well, first, Paul Ryan runs Fox News, not Sean Hannity. They're the talents on television. Uh, they're like, uh, yeah, they're just the faces who read the news. They don't have power. The night of the election. What we saw on Fox News was like a propaganda operation in in a in a in a Soviet country, and I felt like, oh my God, I'm in Poland, 1978. Every single channel has the same ideological agenda, and they're all repeating the same lies to me. And it was a terrible, terrible feeling. We had been faithful. I had overcome my old grudge against Fox. That dates back to the Iraq War, and um, I was watching Fox all through the Trump years, um, and then all of a sudden, on 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 the night of the election, it was like state propaganda news. Poland, nineteen seventy eight. Welcome to socialist republic. I was staggering to me, and my girlfriend was so outraged that she just stopped watching Fox altogether. I finally convinced her to watch Tucker Carlson. Now she wait, John. What you're what yeah. you're describing, because we're we're getting to your article, the top five freedom fighters yeah. of 2021, and you mentioned Steve Bannon. But what, it is important to set. We have the time here to set this background. Yeah. What happened um, in early November of of 2020? Uh, I remember being so scandalized. So I mean, there's no look. Let's be honest. There's nothing more evil than being betrayed by people who you think are on your team. There's something really sick. It's one thing for somebody who you know is against you to be against you. But when somebody you think of as a friend or an ally turns on you, it's obviously much more horrifying. You, you know, it's one thing for the devil to be against Jesus. It's another thing for his friend Judas to be against him. It's painful. It's horrifying. So when this happened to America, the people that had spent hundreds of hours and millions of dollars supporting Fox News suddenly realized that we cannot trust them anymore. It was a horrific moment, and it forced me personally to be way more outspoken because I thought all of these people need somebody to encourage them that they're not crazy. And I feel like I've been stuck in that mode uh, ever since right. that, that I just want people right. to know you're not crazy. What you see is what I see. It's what other people see. And we need to talk about it because they're trying right. to shut us up. And that's where Steve Bannon comes in. Steve Bannon had already started a rather shoestring operation uh, called War Room, which broadcast on the Internet and also shows on a network called Real America's Voice. Um, and 
it was called first war room impeachment, then war room pandemic. Uh, so Steve Bannon, who is a political genius, he's like he's probably the man who got Trump elected. Uh, who he took over Trump's campaign when it was failing back in spring 2016, turned it around and delivered that narrow electoral victory that we that we saw. Uh, then he clashed with Jared Kushner and the various rhinos in the White House and was forced out of the White House, sort of went into a pol- kind of pol- political exile a little bit. I worked with him a little bit in uh, trying to win the 2018 el- elections. Um, he started this show, War Room. He's got some great co-hosts like uh, Raheem Kassam and Jack Pobozic. Uh He brings on the people that, that Fox would never touch, except for Tucker Carlson. That will always have to exempt that. Tucker Carlson is a shining exception at Fox News, who does things that the rest of the network doesn't doesn't like, and the brass don't like. But he makes too much money for them; they can't fire him. They, if they will, if they can, if they can find a pretext. But the rest of Fox would never bring on people like Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly is this brilliant reporter who works for American Greatness and writes there. She is the one who has documented the violent abuse of the peaceful January 6th protesters. The fact that some of them are still being held in solitary confinement with no trial date a year later on crimes like trespassing and unlawful parading and other trivial things that ought to be misdemeanors. Meanwhile, the rioters who burned down America in George Floyd's name, none of them went to prison. The people okay. who burned cop cars and got bailed out by Kamala Harris. The same members of Congress who are trying to turn January 6th into a repeat of f- f- the firing on Fort Sumter. But were 20 senators were murdered, John. Okay, we'll be right back. Folks, talking to John Zamirak, Z-M-I-R-A-K. Write it down, Z-M-I-R-A-K, John Zmirak. John, we're talking about your article at stream.org, the top five freedom fighters of 2021. We've only mentioned one of them, Steve Bannon, and we have time, and you also have right. a scoop that you want to share with the audience. So we're going right. to tease this along so people are forced to listen to the second hour. Um, okay, so, so talk about Steve Bannon- going. Steve Bannon's show War Room became the Samizdat. It became the Radio Free Europe. It became the BBC broadcasting into Nazi-occupied Europe. It became the only place where you would hear facts like the so-called kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer. That so-called plot turns out a numerical majority of the participants were FBI agents. And, it, and they were the ones who suggested it be a kidnapping. And they paid for all the meetings. And they, 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 they would bring the people in from out of town. The whole thing was organized as an FBI stunt. You would only see that on a, on a few websites like Revolver News or uh, American Greatness. Steve Bannon got it on your TV set. Steve Bannon got it on your internet. War Room Pandemic has become must, absolute must watch. If you want to know what's actually going on. Um, if, if you don't care what's actually going on and, and you just sort of want to coast along and, and let the Bidenist occupational government and the secret committee formerly known as Joe Biden just sort of drift along through the chaos, well, then, you know, 
go ahead and watch other networks. But I, I'm privileged that my girlfriend watches three hours of Steve Bannon every day and calls me up with the highlights, telling me which I got to give me a girlfriend <laughs> like that. What am I doing, Alvin? What am I doing wrong? I need that kind of help. Uh, okay, look, um, Steve Bannon is a hero. Uh, he had me on uh, his program to talk about my book, Is Atheism Dead? And what amazed me was when I went on his program, uh, both times that I went on his program, the amount of emails I got out of nowhere, I thought, holy cow, this guy must have a gigantic audience because it was just astonishing how many people are, are watching uh, are watching him. And we need to get him back on this. Uh, he has more than 100 million downloads of his program, more than 100 million. That's bigger than Joe Rogan. That's the. I mean, it's by far the biggest podcast in America. Even bigger than this program, Albin. You listening to this? I can't believe it. Okay, so um, I was number one. Bannon is a, Bannon is a, is a is a hero, and uh, I was really glad to see him uh, on the list uh, because he is. I mean, the fact that he's talking about. He, I mean, every day I think he says, and in, in your article you say that that he says. Elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. The right. fact that he's willing to say that, and it's why I keep saying it, because it strikes me as offensive, aff- deeply offensive, horrifying, scandalous, that we would be told, oh, don't talk about that. That's I right. can't even believe that in America people would comply with this wicked silencing. It is so evil. And folks, I know if you're out there and listening to this, if you're complying with this stuff, you're part of the problem. I'm here to call you out. You want to know why things are going to hell? Because of you. Because you are afraid to speak the truth. And if we don't all speak the truth a little more every day, this country goes away. And it is because of our silence. That's right. So that was number one because he's making a lot of other people's voices Audible. Uh, people like Julie Kelly, people like um, Darren Beatty of Revolver News. He brings on just incredible newsmakers that, that break amazing scoops. Number two on the list, I believe, I'm trying to remember the order, uh, was Mike Lindell. Yeah, Mike Lindell uh, is number two. And look, your people need to read your articles because there's so much funny stuff in them. It's the, it, Number two is Mike Lindell, a tough man with a soft pillow. It's like it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. Frank Perdue, but now, of course, it's Mike Lindell, a tough man with a soft pillow. But not too soft, just soft enough for your uh, vertebrae situation. That's right. Uh, Well, you know, I fell in love with Mike Lindell when I found out that he helped fund the pro-life movie Unplanned, uh, which which tells the story of a, a true story of a woman who gets suckered into working for Planned Parenthood and gradually has a pro-life awakening. Mike Lindell helped pay for the movie on the condition that he could play the character that drives the bulldozer that knocks down the Planned Parenthood clinic at the end. That's my kind of guy. That's the kind of corporate sponsorship we need in America. Not people who write checks to the Heritage Foundation and forget about it and try to keep it secret. Not people who send money to the George Bush Presidential Library at SMU. No, people who want to be on camera bulldozing Planned Parenthood. That's the kind of American I want to know (laughs) and I want to support. John, you are so right. I just want to shriek uh, my approval of everything you're saying because you're quite right. And listen – 
I think that there there are a lot of people that to this day they're kind of scandalized by 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 you or me or Mike Lindell or approving of Mike Lindell. They think, oh, I don't. He's so he's so he's so. And I know that I used to be more like that. And every day that has passed, the more I have been horrified at what I see around me, the more outspoken I've become. When I wrote my Bonhoeffer book, I think that's when I really woke up. And I just thought to myself, so why are we not speaking up? This man that I, that I lionized in my biography went to his death when he might have just played patty cake like a lot of other people did and kept a little quiet and shit. He didn't do that. And so, so many people have praised my book and praised Bonhoeffer, but they don't seem to be willing uh, to connect the dots and, and understand that when you are in a tough time as we are now, many people don't want to believe it and they just look the other way. And sometimes people see it and they act like you or Mike Lindell or me or whoever. We just, we can't, you know, uh, we can't stay silent. And we're, the reason we're screaming is because we want other people to see what we see. Right. And and the re- so Mike Lindell's own story, going from drug addiction to a conversion to Christ to building this amazing company that makes great products and gives thousands of jobs to Americans, decent wages. Uh, but he goes further and he he risks his his company and his and his 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 profits, his personal wealth on promoting the truth. Mike Lindell is the biggest supporter, financial sponsor of people like Steve Bannon, like you, like Dinesh D'Souza, like our friend Jason Jones, Jack Pobozich, all the people who you see who are important, all the people who are saying what needs to be said, he's behind them. We're going to pick that up, folks. Uh, We'll be right back. John, you're just talking about Mike Lindell, why he has been a hero. And I want to remind everybody, if you want to help him and help this program, go to MyPillow.com. Go to MyStore.com. Use the code ERIC, please. Uh, A lot of good stuff there. But you're right. Uh, Mike Lindell has put his whole life, his whole company, where his mouth is. He is a patriot. I mean, he there's literally nobody like him. He's just uh, – I love him. He's the real deal. He's a friend. In, uh, in my column at stream.org, I compare him to the hero of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He's the guy who puts it all on the line. And every time you hear somebody saying something really – courageous and really important about what's going on in America, uh, you'll find Mike Lindell is sponsoring him and nobody else is pretty much. Or maybe a couple of vitamin companies, maybe somebody who sells Liberty Water and AR-15 ammo. But But a Mike Lindell is the major sponsor of most of the important free speech in America. Meanwhile, of course, big box stores are boycotting his products. They won't sell them. They treat him as if they were hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. Uh, no, 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 that might make you make, might make you get better. We want you to take the death vaccine. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. Death vaccine, you say? Hey, you know what? No joke. Uh, I got an email this morning from my relatives in what used to be East Germany, and they said that they have had friends 
die immediately after taking the vaccine. I keep hearing this. I heard it again this morning from my my relatives in Germany. No one's talking about this. No one Stephen, wants to talk about it. Stephen Mosher is a pro-life hero who personally exposed the forced abortion program in China. We all know about China's forced abortions in the 90, 80s and 90s. Yeah. We only yeah. know about it because of Stephen Mosher. He was a grad student at Stanford studying in China. He discovered the forced abortion program. He interviewed hundreds of women. He got pictures. He came out of China and exposed it to the world. China accused him of smuggling antiques. Stanford expelled him from his PhD program. But it got out to the world, the news about the Chinese forced abortion program, which hundreds of millions of forced abortions. Stephen Mosher has a great piece at LifeSiteNews.com, another crucial news site. How do you spell Mosher? M-O-S-H-E-R. Okay. Stephen Mosher. Um, he's the book author of the book Bully of Asia, great new book about China. But uh, he's exposed – he has members of his family who uh, have been severely, severely physically hurt, like young athletic, ch- young athletic teenagers and people in their 20s who have major heart problems, major problems with mobility, bizarre medical conditions, exactly the way Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA technology, warned us. He said, I invented, helped invent this. It's appropriate for people who are the 2% highest risk for death by COVID. It's not appropriate for everybody else. Imagine if they gave chemotherapy to everyone in the population in order to stop cancer. Now, wait a minute. You're, you're, sli- you're sliding over here. We were talking about Mike Lindell. He's the second That's person right. in your list. First person, That's Bannon. Right. Second person, Mike Lindell. The third person we're talking about now, Dr. Robert Malone. Thank you. Right. He's number three on the list of freedom fighters at stream.org. Robert Malone is a genius physician and researcher. Um, Unlike Anthony Fauci, Anthony Fauci went into public health in order to avoid the draft in Vietnam, has never invented anything and never treated a patient. Robert Malone helped invent the very underlying technology for mRNA gene therapy, which is what they're calling, okay, which is we are, the real thing. We're going to go to another. We're going to go to another break, folks. We're going to drag John across state lines into hour two. If you don't listen, you're not going to find out the big scoop. We'll be right back. This show with your host, Eric Metaxas. Folks, we're talking to John Zmirak. You heard me, John Zmirak, Z-M-I-R-A-K. John, talking to you, it's just you're so compelling that I'm tempted to shut up, but I overcome that temptation. Um, John, your article article is Five Heroes uh, of 2021. We're at number three, Dr. Robert Malone. Now, by the way, uh, you introduced us to another doctor who we're going to have on this program tomorrow. Doctor, is it uh, Peter McCulloch? He's my doctor. Okay. 
Uh, he, <laughs> he's the doctor I go to. Peter McCullough. It took us this long to get him on the air because of the because of the strange uh, holiday break. But I want to tell you that he's another hero, Peter McCullough, yeah. and we'll have him on the program tomorrow. He was on Joe Rogan recently. Robert Malone was on Joe Rogan very recently. Uh, there, there's another guy uh, who could be on this list, Joe Rogan, but uh, obviously five is five. So talk more about Robert Malone because yeah. the, the level of disinformation on, this, on these vaccines is so sickening to me. I, I honestly cannot believe I, – I talk to people everywhere I go – and most people have – they're completely confused about this stuff. They do not know the basics. They, do, they seem to have this idea that, hey, my children need to get the vaccine. You're telling me the guy who invented the technology says absolutely not, and he's being silenced, and his name is Dr. Robert Malone. That's right. He was just kicked off of uh, Twitter permanently. His videos are banned from YouTube. Um, the 23-year-old – Yale graduates with degrees in gender studies and queer theory are deciding what new, what's legitimate news and what is not. The people who control your Yahoo feed, the people who work in the censorship department of Facebook, it's they, not researchers like Robert Malone who invented the damn vaccine. No, no, they are obscure. They, they are radicals. They're fringe. They're anti-vaxxers. Um, we are experiencing the kind of censorship crackdown that happened in Eastern Europe in 1948 when the Soviets squeezed the Soviet, the, the Eastern Bloc into obedience. The same thing that happened in 1968 when they cracked down in Czechoslovakia. The same thing that happened in 1933 when the Nazis started their Gleichstaltung. 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 I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, that, <laughs> that was that was there where they got everybody into line yeah. and they fired all the professors who didn't agree and they closed all the newspapers that wouldn't go along. And they went after the leadership of the various union movements and churches and they showed them you play ball or you go to Dachau. Well, so many priests <laughs> were sent to Dachau. It was called the priest camp. Well, John, look, we are. We're talking about some really crazy stuff here because most people – I mean I always try to try to figure this out and I think why are we where we are? I think it's because most people, many good people, they really believe that if they ignore what you're saying, what I'm saying, what some of these people are saying, it'll just go away. They don't need yeah. to take a stand. They don't need to be outspoken. They just want to keep their head down and go along. And I'm here to tell those people, if you read my Bonhoeffer book, that's precisely what happened. Good people decided to just shut up for 10 more minutes. It'll go away. Everything will be back to normal. And because of those 10 minutes of silence, things went to hell. Everything fell apart. And it's because of the silence of decent Americans. They just don't think now is the time to speak up. And it's why folks like you and me and the other people on the list, suddenly we, we, we seem like anomalies. My goodness, they are being so brave. How come they're speaking? We're speaking because we want everyone else to hear what we're saying and we want other people to speak as well. Otherwise, this, this doesn't work. But now Malone, I just want to tell, I want to tell people that, so he's the third person that you mention here. Why, John, because I never understand this, and you and I talked about this the other day, wh wh who are the people, when you say, okay, Twitter banned him, YouTube banned him, 
What do you think is going on behind the scenes? We know there are bad people, but who's in on this? Why would people try to suppress what the very inventor of mRNA technology, when he's speaking, who are these people and why do they want him to shut up or why won't they allow him to speak? What is your theory? Well, the pharmaceutical companies are just raping us. They are. We. They have a. They have unsafe products. They didn't have to t- do safety testing. They're. Im- they're immune from any lawsuits, and the government is forcing people to take it. Remember, China, uh, the British Empire, fought a war, two wars, the Opium Wars, for the right to sell opium and make Chinese people drug addicts. And the British Empire won two wars against the Chinese government. In the purpose of the war was to sell opium to make Chinese people into drug addicts. Why? Are the for pure money. That, for pure money. Okay, the then why do Twitter and YouTube go along with this? They're not big pharma. Presumably, there are some kind of uh, – probably the same shareholders own stock in, in multiple companies. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know how all the lines connect. I just know that – the the conspiracy moves like an octopus and it moves together and it moves in a coordinated way. Somebody gets banned from Twitter one day, he gets banned from Facebook the next day. Do you think that's a coincidence? Somebody gets denounced by the World Health Organization the next day, his email account is shut down or his bank account is closed. There is an oligarchical conspiracy to force us to take vaccine after vaccine after vaccine whenever the government says so to make our movement, our travel, our employment, our lives, to put our lives and our liberty entirely at the disposal of unelected hacks like Anthony Fauci making decrees, deciding, no, I'm going to cancel Christmas this year. It was fine that the George Floyd riots took place, but you don't get to sit with the members of your family at Christmas. Just yesterday, just yesterday, we found out Andrew Cuomo will not face criminal charges for dumping COVID patients in nursing homes all around New York while leaving empty hospital beds at the USS Comfort and Samaritan's Purse in the Javits Center. But he kissed a woman against her will at a wedding and 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 he has to be thrown out of office. Um, right. It's but almost like a comedy. It's like a film we would make uh, where where somebody does something like that and he gets thrown out of office. But murdering elderly people, nah, we're going to let it go. Right. Right. So now but if you fake a vaccine passport in New York, if you do a fake vaccine yeah. passport so you can keep your job, you will go to prison for a year. Oh, that's so that, listen. Can I tell you that is such garbage that you know why they did that? Why they made that law? Because I live in New York, because Everybody has fake vaccine cards. Do you know why everybody has fake vaccine cards? Because they think these laws are stupid and offensive. And so they're saying, of course, I'm going to use fake vaccine cards. And they're not scared to use it. And nobody, all they can do is try to scare you by saying, we're going to have this law. But I mean, are you, are you kidding me? Who's, who's going to, it, these, these are exciting times. Very exciting times. So do we have time for more on the list? Well, I, I want to skip over Eric Metaxas, who got here, but it seems like a typo. And I want to go to R- Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
Um, I know very little uh, about her, so I was uh, interested to see that you put her on your list. Where, where is she a, uh, a congresswoman? Georgia. Georgia. From Georgia. And, okay, and you know the way every, every two years congressmen and every six years senators talk like conservatives? Yeah. And then they get elected and they go do whatever they want? Yeah. Or they, they go completely sell us out? Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't get that memo. She is actually governing according to the campaign promises she made and according to the wishes of her her constituents. And that has caused a lot of the Republicans in Washington to freak out because she is exposing them for the frauds that they are. She is actually promoting conservative policies on immigration, on resisting vaccine mandates, on gun rights. We're going to we're going to go to a break. Uh, We'll be right back. And we still need to hear your big uh, news scoop. Folks talking to John Samirak. But you misread my meaning that I made. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Hey, folks, it's the Air Taxes Show. We're talking to our friend John Zmirak, who's written an article at stream.org, uh, listing five, what do you call them, John? Freedom Fighters. Freedom Fighters of 2021. And we're talking about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, there are a few people. I don't know why you didn't make a list of, of 10 or something, because there are other people you might have mentioned. What do you think of Lauren Boebert? I don't know her uh, very well either. I don't know her very well. I did five because I thought five Freedom Fighters sounded nice. I think it should have been 10. I do Tenacious most Freedom Fighters. Um, I do most. I make most decisions because of euphony and assonance and and the, hey, the hey, rhythm. This is a family voice. program, and we're going to strike the word <laughs> assonance from the record. I want the jury to uh, to ignore that comment. So uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of these heroes, and it's interesting because these are the people who are really demonized by the mainstream media. Right. They hate. Uh, her and Lauren Boebert and a few others. There are only a handful of people in Congress and the Senate. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, is one who are really brave, who are really saying things that need saying. Now, why did you single Marjorie Taylor Greene out among all of them? First of all, because the Democrats tried to get her expelled from the House of Representatives. They tried to repeal the voters' choice and expel her from the House because of some silly campaign rhetoric she used 10 years ago, which was misinterpreted in the media. They wanted her expelled from the House because they, because of campaign rhetoric she used, which the voters didn't think was important enough not to elect her. These same congressmen who had been raising bail money for cop-killing Antifa rioters, for Antifa rioters who had set fire to police cars, set fire to courthouses. These Some of these congressmen had been raising bail money for them. Uh, Elon Omar referred to the 9-11 hijackers as some people who did some things. Oh, yeah, they did some things. They did some things to about 3,000 of my fellow New Yorkers. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene stood up to those people, didn't apologize. They got her stripped from all her committees. She doesn't care. She shows up. And interferes like when, when things that are supposed to be like voice vote, uh, like unanimous voice votes. She will get in and say no and make them do a roll call vote. She 
saw what was happening to the January 6th peaceful protesters languishing in a solitary confinement without trial dates, without access to, to, their, to evidence of their own case, basically the, the Gitmo on the Potomac, the political gulag in Washington, D.C., she and I think Representative Paul Gozar, they did an official congressional investigation and they showed up and they forced the, the warden to let them in. So they could talk to these political prisoners of January 6th. And they did an official report. We need people like that in Congress. They used to be called Republicans. Now your average Republican, when he's campaigning, you'll see him with an assault rifle and a don't tread on me flag, waving a Bible that he barely recognizes. And then when he gets to Congress, he's voting subsidies for transgender clinics in Ukraine. Because that's what everybody else. Hey, at let's the okay. Let's let's go there. Um, uh, Governor Kristi Noem of is it North Dakota? Um, I think South. I think South, South. Dakota. Whatever. Uh, I I think there are folks like like her who, for some reason, there's a moment of truth, and they go wobbly. Uh, I, I guess for her that was. Uh, I don't know. Was it a year ago or, or so? It was a year ago. The fact is, they're always wobbly, and you see a glitch in the matrix and exposes them for what they always were. If you talk to South Dakota conservatives, they'll tell you she is a chamber of commerce rhino hack who occasionally says things that rouse up the base and sound conservative. She she's allowing vaccine mandates in her state. She refused to support a law protecting employees from vaccine mandates. So and this is somebody you think of as a good guy, Governor Kristi Noem, and then you're telling me that, yeah, on some things maybe, but when the chips are down, let's, let's just put it this way, she's no uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. When the Chamber of Commerce snaps its fingers, she comes running up with a silver tray saying, yes, what, 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 can I help you? What would you like next? She but doesn't she, care about But she has nice eyes, and she might be a nice vice presidential, uh, you know. Uh, no. No, but isn't it funny, though, how, how we perceive people? And I'm, I'm saying this just because I, I want those who are listening to know that there are people out there. I mean, look, the worst example uh, is, uh, is Mitch McConnell. A guy like Mitch McConnell, they will do some good things once in a while. Yes, they will. But I, I, you get the impression that they do those good things mainly so they can cling to power and do bad right. things. I mean, they, they, they don't seem – yeah. They throw red meat to the rubes, people like you, you and I, every once in a while just to shut them up. Uh, but so Marjorie Taylor Greene is the real deal. We need about 300 more Republicans like her in Congress. So that's why I singled her out. She's who, whoever Liz Cheney and uh, Paul Ryan are denouncing. You should probably rally behind that person. That's just a safe bet that if, if someone is, is, is considered a respectable mainstream member of the Republican Party, they're worthless. They're Mitt Romney. They're Democrats in bad drag. They're as convincing as Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner? What do you mean? <laughs> you can't say Bruce Jenner on this program. We could get canceled. Okay, we're going to edit. Alvin, we're going to edit that out. Everyone knows you cannot say Bruce Jenner on this program. It's just wrong, okay? I saw him in a dress, and let that be an end of it. Um, <laughs> let me. 
I tell you, we have to laugh. You, you want to cry, though, you know, John, because um, this is the, the nation's at stake. And you and I have been uh, alive long enough to know that it wasn't always this way. In other words, that it, w- it was still, you know, if you look back 20 years ago, 30 years ago, all this stuff was still there, but it, it hadn't come out yet. Somehow Trump forced these things to happen. It's like, you know, shining, right. turning the light on and, and suddenly all the roaches scatter. Um, I think that that's really what happened. It's a little complicated, but basically things came out in the open as a result of Donald Trump that would have stayed in the shadows. And frankly, if he had um, rightfully uh, been in the White House now, as I, as I think he ought to be, I mean, if that had actually happened, a lot of the stuff that's coming out now would not have come out. That's true. That's true. He would have put a happy face on things and tried to tried to govern from the center the way he did in 2016, and it didn't work. And I think Donald Trump's needs still needs to understand just how radically bad our enemies are. I can't believe that, that on this program enemies. you would question our Lord and Savior Donald Trump. That is shocking heresy, John. How could you do such a thing? Please continue. Donald Trump is an old guy who would like the kids to shut up and get off his lawn so he can watch golf on television. I'm sorry, that is not where we are right now. Things are much worse than Donald Trump's brain is able to comprehend. He couldn't really believe that the Antifa rioters wanted to overthrow the government. He couldn't really believe that the Democrats were willing to steal the election because he could have done a lot before the election to to do election security. We could have avoided this. this Why do you think he didn't do that? Because that's that's I mean, listen, uh, I, I uh, obviously like Trump very, very much. And I've defended him and will continue to defend him. He's been heroic he in caught. many ways. But he was obviously um, unaware of the caught. war that, that he was uh, embroiled in. He, he was some of it he knew and some of it he didn't. Trump was cocky and overconfident. He had delivered a strong economy. He had done well in the midst of the COVID crisis. Uh, He had delivered on foreign policy. He had faith in the American voter. He did not realize just how willing to steal the election his opponents were. He did not realize that that they represent a totalitarian movement, a great reset. But John, why should he have realized it? Because it's never happened before in our history. I mean, you, you can we can all understand that because this is unprecedented, it's hard to take in. It's very hard to take in that this could happen in America, that it did happen. You should always assume that the government is a threat to you and your liberties. That That is the default assumption of the American founding, is that the government is not safe. That's why we have the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment exists explicitly, according to the founders. If you read the ratification debates of the Bill of Rights, including the Second Amendment, every single founder agreed, well, the Second Amendment, well, all right, obviously the populace have to have guns because they have to be able to overthrow the government if it becomes tyrannical. That is the core essence of what it means to be an American, is that you might have to overthrow the government. All right, someday. well, there, there you that go. That is the difference between us and other countries. Okay, th- th- there you go. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to continue a little bit more with John Zmerich, and we're going to find out the big scoop. Don't go away, but before I forget, please go to MyPillow.com, MyStore.com, use the code ERIC, do it, thank you. 
folks. I'm talking to John Tamirak. John, are you still there, my friend? Yes, I'm, um, I'm afraid. So. But what, what you just said, I mean, it always comes back to what I feel I discovered in writing my book, uh, If You Can Keep It, that because we have not been teaching the basics, the founder's view of America, what it means to be an American, what liberty is, what is the cost of freedom – because for, for our lifetimes, for the last 50 years or so, this has not been taught and, and the mainstream culture has been overtaken by leftists and Marxists and people who see America as bad. Because of that, we have all drifted so that you could get to a place where something like this can happen, so that, so that people like Donald Trump and others could really be uh, kind of happily ignorant of the horror that, that was taking place you know, on their watch. That's right. I mean, the same government that says your privacy rights are so extreme that you can abort a nine-month child that's about to be born. A woman has the right to abort it because of privacy rights. That same woman has to show her vaccine passport to the hostess at TGI Fridays. Riddle me that, Batman. How the hell does that work? Uh, the fact is the left will use any opportunity it can to impose centralized socialist dictatorial tyranny on us. They tried to do it over climate change. It didn't work. Then this Chinese virus came along and they realized, oh, wait, this doesn't threaten our grandchildren. And anyway, who cares about grandchildren? This threatens us. This could take away the next 10 to 15 years of binge watching Netflix and ordering Uber Eats from all the spoiled snowflakes of America. We can threaten their lives. We can tell them that their neighbor going to church could potentially kill them. And we can grab all this power and impose a public health dictatorship on the people of America, make them afraid of each other, make them afraid to gather in groups, tell them which gatherings are allowed, which gatherings are not allowed. We can override the entire Constitution, every article of the Bill of Rights. We can override that in the name of keeping you from coughing out your lungs on a ventilator like those patients in Italy that we made sure you saw in, in March 2020. We made sure you saw all those people dying in the European hospitals. We made sure that thousands of old people died in nursing homes. We inflated the death statistics. We made every death with COVID into a death, death from COVID. If JFK had had COVID, he would have been listed as a COVID death, even though his head was blown off. We are going to use this power and we're going to censor the media. We're, we're going to say that anything that disagrees with us is medical misinformation that endangers lives. Therefore, in the name of saving lives, we have to kick the inventor of the vaccine off of YouTube and off of Twitter and off of Facebook. This is a fascist coup in the negative sense of the word. This well, is a bad fascist coup. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I, I remember vividly uh, how Trump went along with this before we realized what was happening. And he was bragging that, you know, we're, we're making ventilators. And I mean, and yet we have to understand that, that that his pride was involved. He thought this is something I know how to do. I know how to make yeah. things happen. And we're going to put this a vaccine, these vaccines on a fast track and we're going to save lives. He really believed he was doing that. And we have to understand where he was coming from and why he did yes. these things. Um, right. But he basically but he now has to understand. Now he has to understand he was wrong. 
Now that's Trump very has hard to for Donald Trump. That that's very hard for Donald I, well, Trump. Well, if that's too hard for him, then we need another candidate like Ron DeSantis. I think if he, Trump can't learn this, we need to replace him. He failed. He's fired. Well, that's <laughs> that's what's so interesting is I think I can understand how he got played um, because he also he he look he never dreamt that that the election could be stolen from him. Let's be honest. I think he was playing defense. In the, month, in, the, in the year 2020, he was playing defense. He was thinking, I just need to run out the clock. I'm ahead. And because of that, uh, the election was stolen, not from him, but from the American from people. Yep, absolutely. Now I think we should close with my scoop. You have a scoop? Do you Betty really have White, a scoop? Yeah. Betty, White, Betty White did not kill herself. What? Come on. All the media says she killed herself. She was alone in her jail cell. Come on, John. You're a conspiracy theorist. Well, I mean, how convenient is it? This woman who has lived through the flu epidemics of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, this woman who has never never succumbed to cancer or heart attack, a few weeks short of her 100th birthday, but right after Ghislaine Maxwell is convicted, but before her sentencing, in that little window of time, all of a sudden, Betty White dies. You think that's a coincidence? Holy cow! You, this is a scoop. Can we can we can we drag you uh, in into the next segment? Because I, that's I, right. I really absolutely. Uh, we we've still got a minute in this segment, but I, I this is a big one, folks. Uh, John, but I'm saying she did not kill herself. You don't Betty believe- White did indeed die of natural causes. Oh. even though CNN is reporting it that way. So what my scoop is is that for once. What the MSM is saying happens to be true by accident. That's actually that's hilarious. But, you know, John, I'm sure many people have said this to you over the years. And I'll say it again. You're too clever by half so that the reason, uh, you know, you're not a household name is because you're just 40 percent too clever. And these jokes are going over people's heads and stuff and certainly over my head, at least temporarily. But it is kind of funny, though, that we've come to a place. we'll, We'll end the segment here. We've come to a place where anything that is said by the mainstream media, we have to question it, including the most anodyne of all subjects. Near centenarian passes away in her sleep. We'll be right back talking to John Smirak. Tears and fears and feeling proud to say I love you. Folks, I'm talking to John Zmerich. John, it's great to have a little time with you. We're always kind of rushing. Um, the, the general narrative uh, that we're, we're living through this strange season right now, but what I see, and I'm actually very positive about 2020. I want to say this to my audience. I'm very excited. I think enough people... Uh, have been awakened to what is happening. They are acting. They are mistrusting, you know, the standard news sources. There's enough of that happening that that I really believe uh, the dark forces have awakened a sleeping giant, which is we the people. There are enough of us finally awake that things are happening. Good people are running for office. Uh, it, it is... Also extraordinary when you think about the number 
of alternative media outlets that are being built that are that are coming out. It's an, it's astonishing. There's there's tons of them uh, everywhere I look, whether it's a Daily Wire or uh, or or TPUSA, Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk with it. There's all kinds of alternative programming and people are turning to those places, turning to Steve Bannon. Um, I, I think that great things are happening, which never, ever, ever would have happened if we had not been, if the other side had not overreached dramatically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my piece at stream.org, Betty White didn't, didn't kill herself. Um, that's obviously a play on the Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself meme, which became a universal meme. But let's think about that. Jeffrey Epstein suddenly died in what was obviously not a suicide, what was a fake suicide. He died before he could testify against the other people he had helped traffic underage underage girls to. Ghislaine Maxwell is being sentenced. The federal government, the prosecutors, have not revealed any of her other clients. They have not asked her to testify against any of the other people Why? she supplied. Why? Underage girls. Why? And that, that, again, we just accept it and we move along. Then that's the point of my article. We, we say, oh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, but then we move along as if we're in a normal world. Ghislaine Maxwell is not testifying against her other pedophile clients. Again, we just move along as if we're in a normal world. Andrew Cuomo murders thousands of old people in New York, doesn't get prosecuted. We move along as if this is normal. We've learned to accept as normal what is objectively insane and criminal and un-American. And why have we why have we been conditioned for that? Why is this becoming the norm? In my column, I say this is the long run, the long term effects of Darwinist materialism. Tell people for a hundred years, you're not the result of God's will. You're not the result of divine design. You are the result of some chemicals squirting around, accidentally mutating, and then the results of those chemicals fighting viciously for survival, for the survival of the fittest. And the result of all of this is you and your neighbor and your friends. You are all just the accidental result of chemicals squirting and lightning striking. There is nothing special about human life. There's nothing real about human consciousness. There is no afterlife. But but after all this, we expect you to act with patriotism, civic mindedness, honesty, integrity, self-sacrifice. Why? Why would anyone do any of that? The only thing that is left from the Christian worldview is a vague sense, I'm a special snowflake with infinite rights. Just me. Not my uh, but neighbor, John, but this, me. I mean, this brings up uh, in, in, in my book, uh, Is Atheism Dead? I kind of, I, I deal with this on one level. When you know these things, when you see these things, you really do wonder how it is that most people can go through their lives not thinking about what's so obvious. I mean, when people talk about morality, but they don't know where it comes from, they don't even know why we would have this thing called morality or objective truth that racism is wrong or whatever. Nobody, we, we just kind of go along without realizing that you cannot believe that we evolved out of the primordial soup through random mutations, through accident. We, we, we get here, but... We have this thing called morality, and it's very important, and we need to be serious about taking it seriously. That's why 
I always ask atheists, so uh, what's wrong with racism? They have no answer because their ultimate answer is other things are bad because they might lead to racism. Ask them, why is racism wrong? I yeah, mean, we, we know why it's wrong, but you tell but us, you why know, do you think it's wrong? <laughs> that's right. Darwin, okay, Hitler was to Darwin what St. Paul was to Jesus, what Lenin was to Marx. He was the guy who took the practical implications of these ideas, thought them through, and put them into action. Hitler was the first and most consistent Darwinist. He believed life was nothing but struggle and we should side with the strong and encourage the advancement and development of the highest and the strongest and the best, which is exactly what Darwin said and what his nephew uh, Galton said when he invented the pseudoscience of eugenics. And it's what Margaret Sanger said and it was the ethos of Planned Parenthood. Darwinism leads to nihilism. People aren't comfortable with that. They saw those World War II movies. They they know people whose relatives died in the Holocaust. They don't want to think about the ultimate implications, so they lie to themselves. They take the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King's Christian egalitarianism, and they put that as like a happy face sticker on the abyss, the void, the nihilistic black hole that is created by Darwinist materialism. And then they get through life that way, and then they keel over and die at age 85, having spent their children's inheritance. Welcome to America. Well, I mean, again, part of um, you know the joy of having this program and getting to talk to folks like you is I, I want to help wake people up to what is very easy to see, is that if you do not believe that a loving God created you in his image— male and female, in his image, and that he has a plan for you, and he loves you, and he wants you to know him and obey him so that he can bless you and use you to bless others. If you don't believe that, what do you believe? And what you believe, if you don't believe that, ends up being a snake swallowing its own tail, a self-negating tautology, a preposterous, meaningless, nothing. Uh, I want to end on a positive note. I failed. John, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. And if you want to know why John included me in his list of the top five, you'll have to read his article because I'm certainly not going to talk about it. John, we love you. God bless you. Happy New Year. You too.